0: Coming up on Salt City Code, we chat with Max Matthews about incorporating at age 16 his unique blend of self-taught and formal education and the difference between an engineer and a developer. This is part three of Catching Up with Careers in Code. My name is Karen Thorne. And I'm Kelly Corey. And together, we are Salt City Code.
1: We'd like to take a minute to say thank you to our sponsor, Hack Up State, For supporting Salt City Code, Hack Upstate's mission is to unite and facilitate collaboration among the greater upstate New York technology community. Twice a year, Hack Upstate organizes weekend hackathons. Developers and innovators from across central New York come to Syracuse to form teams, build projects, and win amazing prizes. It's all in 24 hours, and it's free to attend. Want to learn more? Visit hackupstate.com and get
0: ready to code.
1: Thank you for joining Kelly and I today for another series of Careers in Code.
0: Catching up with Careers in Code. That's us.
1: That's
0: that's us. Uh, Today we're excited to talk to Max Matthews, um, former instructor of Careers in Code, and I will let Max tell us a little more about himself. Sure.
2: So uh, I'm a full stack developer. Uh, I like to call myself a hacker, an entrepreneur, and a mentor because those are the three mm-hmm. things I really love doing. Um, sure. I Think a lot of people when they hear hacker, they think cybersecurity or mm-hmm. or um, you know issues on their phone. And really, the original term hacker was someone who uh, just solve problems and just threw things together to, to fix something. Um, and I really love that, that notion. So, Mm -hmm. uh, When people hear hacker, I go, no, 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 it's not cybersecurity. It's just me, you know, taking all these puzzle pieces and fitting it together, whatever that code is or the language or the framework. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, I take all of those skills uh, as a full stack developer at a small startup company called Tuzag.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, We are uh, headquartered in Syracuse right now. Uh, I'm the only developer and one of three employees, so uh, pretty small right now. Um, But that's what I do as my full-time job. And then on the side, I love mentoring and hacking on, on different side projects.
0: Yeah. I don't often hear the terms hacker and mentor together. You know, yes. like I've heard hacker and entrepreneur. I know people do that, but hacker and mentor is kind of an interesting combination. Could you explain a little more about how you got into the mentoring side?
2: Sure. So, um, I, uh, am completely self-taught. Okay. So, um, I went to, uh, the Syracuse high school and nice. I went there cause I, I wanted something Outside of computer science, I didn't want to get into the into the nitty gritty and uh, algorithms and making code run more efficiently and, Mm -hmm. you know, writing a code compiler and all of that stuff. It just seemed too technical for me. Um, and so um, I went through the Ischool curriculum mm-hmm. and I kept on running into all of these issues that I wanted to fix. And so okay. all these app ideas that I had. Um, oh, Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> and so I started um, I started with Java as my first programming language. And really? Oh wow, I
0: didn't know you did Java. Yeah, yeah. So I
2: took Java my freshman year of high school. Um, wow. Okay. I was the first person in my high school to take an AP course as a freshman. Um, and they made nice. me uh, take the midterm because they said, no way that freshman can take this. And so mm-hmm. I took the midterm and got like a 90 on it. And they nice. said, well, if you can take the test halfway through the course then and, and, and get, you know, a passing grade on it, then mm-hmm. you can probably take the whole course. <laughs>
1: um,
2: awesome. And so I took uh, Java. I got started there. Um, and then I thought, okay, what's, what's the next step? And I knew databases mm-hmm. were something you just kind of had to learn, right, mm-hmm. or something you needed. Um, and I didn't really ever have a mentor through this process. So I okay. went out and I... Uh, I took a course at our community college on database design and SQL programming. I went, okay, that's awesome. And at the time, the iPhone was getting big. The, mm-hmm. the they, Apple had just released uh, apps, the App Store and third-party apps. Oh, wow. Nice. Um And so uh, the community college surprisingly had a course on mobile app development.
0: Wow. That's pretty cool.
2: And so uh, I ended up taking a half day my senior year of high school, driving out to the community college and mm-hmm. taking the, the class out there. Um, and so, uh, graduated high school, came up to the I school, um, was learning a lot of great stuff up there, but none of it was particularly software focused or, or software developer focused. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so I, um, I went, all right, I've got all of these puzzle pieces, right? I've yeah. got mobile code that's running on the phone and yeah. I know the databases, but I can't get them to talk together. I can't figure Oof. out how you you get the database connected to the app. And I'm like, i got to be missing something here, right? And sure. I realized that with server-side programming.
0: Oh, there it
2: is. Okay. And so uh, I've never heard the term full stack developer. I had ne- No one told me what a stack was. Okay. Um, but I went, all right, this has got to be the last piece because, like, I'm so close. I've got the start and the end. <laughs> yeah, how do right, I, yeah. I get together. this together? <laughs> and so I went out there and I started looking at all the different Programming languages for for server side, mm. and I went uh, and I looked at PHP. I looked at Python. I looked at Ruby and Ruby on Rails. Okay. And uh, the first step I took was into a framework without really learning the language. Oh, wow. And I did that with Ruby on Rails and was okay. so overwhelmed.
0: That's fair. That's I well, just, just into. I,
2: I had no idea what I was doing. I knew what so, the end goal was, but like there were just so many terms thrown at me that I mm-hmm. didn't understand how the framework had it all connected. Okay. And so took a step back and looked at PHP. Okay. And the really magical thing about PHP is you can write one line of it and have it accomplish the exact goal that you want. Nice. Or you can write 100,000 lines of it and have it work just as well. Um, and so learned PHP and made my mm-hmm. first app uh, for Syracuse University. Um, that That was really uh, really uh, instrumental to me because I got I got to make something from start to finish. Um, sure. and what that app was was our uh, I lived in the dorms, mm-hmm. and when you got a package mail to you at the dorm, they would get the package, pull out a clipboard with an eleven by seventeen piece of wow, paper I on it. Yep. they would write down your name, your mailbox number, and then they would take the like the 20-digit tracking number from Ooh. the package and hand-copy it. Uh. And then when you these? went to pick up the package, they'd check your ID, they'd hand you the clipboard, and you'd mm-hmm. sign the clipboard. But they'd have to flip through all the I'll paper right. to yeah. get to it. And so I went, There's there's got to be a better thing for this, for right? Sure. And so that was the first full-stack app that I built was a mobile app that could scan the tracking number... Nice. Um, you would type in the mailbox number and it would just save it in the database. And then when the person came to pick up the package, it would show mm-hmm. a little signature pad on the app and you could sign your name. name and it would store it all in the
0: database. So much more convenient. Yes. Nice. And I went to college in like the late 2000s, so I also remember just the giant ledgers of paper and having to like sign in and out of the dorms. And it was just such a physical media, a large yes. physical media. So that sounds really convenient and I wish we'd had that. Yes. Actually. yes. That would have been great. Um, so you mentioned also that you didn't want to study uh, software engineering because mm-hmm. it felt like too you know, kind of nuts and bolts, I'm going to say. Yes. A little bit. Um- when did you know you wanted to get into tech? Like, had you already decided software is the thing for me? Like, how did you know this is what you wanted to pursue?
2: Yeah, so from a
0: very young age, I knew I wanted to do something in technology,
2: but I okay. wasn't sure what it was. And that was something I was really struggling with um, <laughs> when I was leaving high school. So um, in middle school, I started uh, a IT business fixing people's computers. Nice. Um, so an
0: entrepreneur from a young age. From a very yeah. young
2: age, um, I actually incorporated, I think when I was 16 oh, Wow. Um, okay. and so I went to the bank and and the bank said well you can't have a business account you're not 18
3: hmm. and
2: I said well I have an EIN I, I you know <laughs> right. I have an LLC yeah, I'm, I'm incorporated and uh, the bank was like uh, our system just like you can't have we don't know how to do this Uh Um, and so, uh, by the time I left high school, I had around 300 clients, um, and was doing work like virus removal or RAM upgrades or, um, just day-to-day computer maintenance. Mm -hmm. Um, and I knew that I didn't want to continue on that exact path. I didn't Mm want to be a, a small town tech support kind of guy. Um, but I also knew I didn't want to be, um, focused on the nuts and bolts of, okay. of being a software developer and making algorithms run faster. And um, so I was trying to find a middle ground there.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, and I was hoping to do that at the iSchool. Um, sure. But what I ultimately did is I kind of paralleled my education. I had the the iSchool and the IT background, mm-hmm. um, but I also went that self-taught route and, and learned um, really what I think is the difference between an engineer and a developer. And this is totally my personal take. This is not a, a industry sure. definition or anything. Um, but I think an engineer is going to be someone who's working at... Um, Google or Tesla or um, one of the companies that's really focused on how how does this run faster? How does Mm -hmm. this scale out to hundreds of millions of users? How do we make this better? How clean is your code? Mm -hmm. Um, That's going to be the people who are saying, oh, I can write a compiler that's going to take this code and turn it into machine code and make it run better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a developer is someone who goes, mm-hmm. you know what, I don't know how all of this works behind the scenes. And, and I haven't taken a super deep dive, mm-hmm. but you know what, I can make something like an app and do it from start to finish and it's going to work for you. So mm-hmm. someone who is more focused on the end result as opposed to how that result works. Right. Um, and, and to me, that's the engineer who's focused on the the you know, painting the puzzle pieces as opposed to the sure. developer who's just the one assembling them.
0: Right. I think that's an interesting distinction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I, think I would have to agree with that.
1: We would like to thank Syracuse Coworks as one of our sponsors, the only nonprofit co-working space. They offer day passes, monthly memberships that vary in price, and a recording booth for all your recording needs. It's where we record our podcast Stop in and check out Syracuse Co-works, located at 555 South Clinton Street in Syracuse, and see all that they have to offer.
0: And so we get to the iSchool, school. Yes. Start learning things. Go. Maybe this curriculum isn't for me. Yes. Um, so where did you go after the iSchool? school?
2: Sure. So I did um, three years at the iSchool. school. Um, I'm actually a couple credits away from getting my degree. Nice. Um, but I had created mm-hmm. um, a couple apps while I was at the in the iSchool. Um, I created the mailroom system, which I just talked about. Mm-hmm. I created a uh, shift system for signing up and managing employees. Mm, that's um, nice. I also worked at uh, the Syracuse uh, Student Center and... Mm-hmm they kind of did shifts differently. So instead of signing up just for a time block, you would sign up for a specific event. Um, and oh, okay. the reason okay. why they did that is the, the events would vary week to week in the number of employees, mm-hmm. um, but also the kinds of employees they needed. So it wasn't just taking tickets. It was also running the lights and the sound and, and stage handing and stuff like sure. that. And so they had an app uh, that they were using from the early two thousands uh, to do this, and it was a custom app um, oh. written in PHP, but PHP three. Oh, uh, so quite old. Mm-hmm. And uh, as CIC uh, graduates, and and having me as a teacher on encryption, you I mm-hmm. think you will both appreciate this. They were storing their passwords in plain text. Oh, my
0: God. <gasps> no.
2: And so, it was a a very. Really? Interesting experience. I went in um, to the to uh, my supervisors at the time because they had given me access to the app. And I said, this is a major problem. Like, you guys yeah. have to fix this. Yeah. No. And they went, That's, we agree, but we don't have the money to do it. Uh. So a couple months later, the IT guy came in and said, well, your app's been compromised. We have to not only shut it down immediately, mm-hmm. but we also have to lock every account of your employees, Ooh, not just for so not for the app, but the entire university.
3: Yikes! Wow!
2: And so we were getting uh, some of our students who were studying abroad at the time calling in and going, "I can't sign in to Blackboard to sit to submit my assignment." Oh my gosh. And, uh, of course, man. everyone in the office turns to me and they go, Max, did you do this? And I went, no, 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 I swear it wasn't me. I warned you, but it wasn't me. I promise. <laughs> right. um, and so that was the first app that I made that actually went into production and is still being mm-hmm. used uh, to this day at the university. Um, and uh, nice. really proud of that just being the yeah. first first thing being used and to this day I have about 150 users uh using that on campus that's really
0: great yeah
2: yeah so from that journey sorry I I'm a wanderer (laughs) on my answers um I um I was part of the student sandbox uh which was a program that was run out of the tech garden um, and it was entrepreneurially focused and you basically got um, a office space for free. Oh, nice. Um, that you could come down and work out of uh, way before even co-working, you know, was wow. a concept. Um, and made a lot of great contact contacts there mm-hmm. and um, started talking to um, a entrepreneur who ran this company called Tuzag. Nice. Um, and so uh, I started talking to him. Um, brought me in as the what he called a rapid prototyping specialist. Which wow! Is, okay. okay.
0: Um, sounds good on the business card. It sounds right? good on the business <laughs> card.
2: Um, loved the the title. Really thought that that Yo. resonated with me and and what I I you know what my experience was and Absolutely. the basic idea was they had a um, outsourced uh, development team that was not based in the country. Okay. They had written all this software. But um, my boss wanted someone uh, full time working at the company who he could throw ideas at and say, hey, can you make a prototype of this? Can you throw something together in a week or two? Uh, We'll see if the client likes it. And if they do, we'll send Mm -hmm. it out to our our development team and they'll build the the full version of it. Um, Because that's what I was most concerned about was I didn't have any experience really scaling an app or having lots of users. And um, so I came into the company uh, with that title, started Mm -hmm. working with the software that was outsourced and just couldn't get through it and had a big case of imposter syndrome.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And I went. I just... I don't understand this. I, I I can't wrap my head around how this code is working. It's linked up. It's in all these different files. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, it took me a week just to get it up and running on my computer. And then even then, it wasn't really working. Sure. And so, uh, my boss says... Well, my son actually made the first iteration of the software before it went over to the, the Ukrainian dev team. So... Um, why don't you jump on a call with him? He works at Google now as oh, a software engineer. So nice. I went, all right, well, he's clearly got chops if he's working at yeah, Google. Yeah, And so uh, hop on a call with him, start going through the code. Mm-hmm. And it takes him about an hour, and he's trying to trace all the code. Mm-hmm. And eventually he gets to the end of it and goes, this is a mess. <laughs> and I'm like, "Wow." Thank God. Like, I was so worried, you know, this is my first full-time job. And for the first week or two, I just thought, I'm never going to be able to do this. Mm -hmm. I I don't know why I thought I was qualified. What was I thinking? Um, And so that was my my reassurance, my safety blanket. And I kind of came in with another round of confidence. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I went to my boss and I said, we're going to need to redo this from scratch. And, you know, it took a couple months, and, and we rearranged our timeline, and, and that's what I did. And recreated awesome. this, um, and it, it was just an incredible experience to, to have that and build on that. Um, and now I've been at that startup for uh, four years now, four and a half years. Wow. And uh, have recreated that software. I think we're on our third iteration of it just because we had so many evolutions of being a startup and constantly uh, changing and adapting. And uh, a couple times where I went, I love this technology. And then we got to the end of it and went, this technology stinks. We need a new (laughs) technology. Uh, Sounds like a startup. Yes. And we've moved from Python to JavaScript, from Angular to React, from... We've, we've really taken it all over the place. I yeah. uh, was a big fan of Meteor for a while, and then not sure. a, <laughs> a big fan of Meteor, and we moved away from that. Nice. Um, so, right now, our stack is, um, is React on the front end. Okay. Uh, we have Node and Express on the back end, and then okay. we use awesome. uh, SQLize and MySQL for the database.
0: Oh, okay. Um, okay.
2: And then we have uh, a mobile app as well, which we build in React Native.
0: Very cool. Um, nice.
2: So it was quite the journey to get there. But now we're we're quite yeah. proud of that stack. But sometimes it just takes trial and error. and To get the right one. To get the right one. Absolutely. And, and to go, you know, you, you question yourself and you go, yeah. uh, what am I ever doing in this? I'm an idiot. I don't get this. Sure. And then you get to the end of it and you go, I'm a genius. <laughs> this, is, this is amazing. But, you know, mm-hmm. I I, uh, I send Slack messages to my boss all the time and I go, Who the F wrote this code? I'm the only developer. I'm clearly the one that right. wrote it. And it's an, an uh, internal joke that's funny because uh, you know, it's it's you think you're genius writing it and it mm-hmm. works, and then you go back in a couple weeks later and you're like, Oh my god, I can't believe right. I, I wrote that. You wrote this
0: absolute mess. Yes. Like yeah, yes. I hear that. That's how I feel sometimes going back and looking at code from like when class first started. Yes. You know, and Jeff would have us do like that basic HTML and CSS. And at the time I was like, I don't understand. This is computer wizardry, and now I go back. And I'm like, girl, what were you doing? Yes. <laughs> you can... You can refactor this now. So And and the good news is you get
2: better at leaving yourself notes or or knowing when, you know, you have a to-do in your code or that you've got mm-hmm. to make it better. Um, but there's always a certain aspect of it where whenever you leave code and come back to it, there's a layer of dust. And nice. so I'll send the the dust giphy to my boss all the time, too, whenever I open <laughs> up a project. It's been That's sitting, in, you know, idle for a little while. And it's this kid shaking <laughs> dust off his head uh, <laughs> awesome. just because. Because, you know, yeah. virtual dust. That's
0: fair. So you're saying just get used to that feeling. Like, yes. that yeah, it doesn't go away. It, it doesn't go away. You get
2: better at it. You. Okay. Um, I do think you learn to start to write better code. Um, there is always an aspect of code sitting idle or code that you have completely worked out in your own head. Mm-hmm. Um, people ask me about code documentation a lot. And I think it's less yeah. about writing inline comments and more just writing some paragraph or something, even if you mm-hmm. keep it in a Google Doc of saying, hey, this is how this works. Because sure. I think when you when you make an app, especially a, a full stack one, and you have the back end and you have the database and you have the front end, mm-hmm. it's very easy to forget how you fit those puzzle pieces together. Yes,
0: you can't see me, but I'm nodding my head vigorously. Yeah, and <laughs> I was going
1: guilty of being one of those that asks about the documentation. It wasn't that long ago I think I asked you about that, and I'm like, oh, you know, which way is the better way to go? Do you put it in your code or do you do something completely separate? And we did go through all of that about...
2: And and there's definitely times you want to write something in your code. And if it's code that you read it after you write it and you go, wow, this is four levels deep and I forget why I did it and and there are mm-hmm. nested loops here. And that is totally a time to use inline documentation and, and explain the lines. But... Sure you get to the point where, you know, you, you're remembering the functions and you remember the parameters and you're mm-hmm. not using the JavaScript documentation as much or whatever language you're writing in because you know it, right? So yeah. mm-hmm. when you're getting started, you want to write out every every section of the for loop because you want to remember what that is. Yep. When you're doing this for a couple years, you get to the point where you go, I, I know it, right? I can write a for loop. I can tell you how many times that's running. That's not mm-hmm. a problem. Um, and that's when I get to, it's it's important to write your documentation so when you tell someone else how this is working, that's what you document because mm-hmm. that's what you forget. You can read the code and know what the code is doing, sure. but you don't remember how the code got from your front end to your back end mm-hmm. or from the, the back end to the database. Or And that's what I think is super important to document.
0: I would agree with that. Hack Upstate is proud to announce the inaugural Hack Rochester event. It takes place April 18th and 19th, 2020, in the first federal plaza building in Rochester, New York. Hackers can form teams, build projects, and win prizes all within 24 hours. For more information, go to hackrock.com. That's H-A-C-K-R-O-C dot com and sign up now.
1: With all of this being an entrepreneur and starting your own business and everything, how many companies have you actually started and run um, and how many are still active?
2: Yeah, so the the cheater answer to that is one. Um, and the reason the, that I call that a cheater answer is because I've done so many different apps and projects and um, worked with other startups. and But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm a big believer in don't fix problems you don't have. And mm. so none of those ideas were had so much revenue or took off to the point where I really had to worry about the legality of it. And I never had um, a business partner in it where I was doing income sharing or anything sure. like that. so. The business that I incorporated at at 16 and the EIN that I got then is still the one that I use today. And so throughout all of that, throughout all the apps, whenever I needed the EIN or I I needed um, some business structure, I was able to reuse that business bank account. I was able to reuse all the same uh, information. Not a lawyer, not giving legal advice here at all. feel yeah. like I need to give that disclaimer out. Thank you for
0: clarifying. I yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. We do not give legal advice on Salt all City right. Code. No, no. no. <laughs> or financial.
2: Or, or financial, financial advice. <laughs> Absolutely uh, not. I, and I worked with um, attorneys along the way to make sure that the, the contracts were written the right way. Um, but I I found that it was just easier... And I believe within the legal structure of I incorporated as a a software developer, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was developing software throughout all of this. And Mm -hmm. whenever I would sign a contract, it would just say MZM Tech LLC, right? Which is Mm -hmm. what I incorporated, gosh, almost 10 years ago now, and I still use. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's easy to get caught up in, oh, I have this great idea. It's an app I got to incorporate. And it's like, well, don't incorporate until you go out, you sell it, you, you know, have sales coming Mm -hmm. in, you need the business bank account, you need to worry Mm -hmm. about taxes, all of that. But if you're playing around with an app that you don't know is going to take off, or even if you have it fully finished and you're out there selling it, Mm -hmm. you don't really need to worry until you have income. And so when you have that income, that's when you can start thinking about, you know, do I need to incorporate? What's the benefits of an LLC over a DBA? Mm-hmm. And um, but at the end of the day, Google is one company, and how many products does Google have? Right. So. Right. Google Maps is not a separate company than than Gmail. Sure. That's all one company, and so That's the same true. applies to when you're creating apps. As long as the revenue coming in is going into your business account, and you're not mm-hmm. splitting it among partners you can have one company and do all of these ideas under that one company.
0: Are you ready to get some hands-on tech experience? HackUp State 15 will take place on April 4th and 5th in Syracuse, New York. Come join a team and build a project from scratch in 24 hours. All skill levels are welcome, from hackathon winners to complete beginners. Go to hackupstate.com slash events slash XV for more information and register now. Uh, we don't give business advice on the show, so I won't say that was solid business advice, but I do appreciate your perspective. Right, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I hope I can say that. No, you, <laughs> you know? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. I'm by that. You can. I can agree with that. No, yeah. I think
2: business advice is safe. I think it's the, okay. the legal and accounting advice that yes. you know you want to be careful right. of.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, if you do it the other way, it's kind of like putting the cart before the horse, right? Yes. Like, if you just have the app idea, you know, but you haven't sold it or, you know, like you said, you're not taking any revenue. Yes. Like, at that point, setting up your business is maybe not what you want to focus on so much as, like, getting your app up and working and making sure it's ready to be sold before. Exactly. Solid perspective.
1: But you didn't grow up in the Syracuse area.
0: I did
2: not. I grew up in Ocean City, New Jersey. Right. Wow. Okay. So
1: now is there, do you see a big difference from being down there to up here in regards to like tech community usage?
2: (laughs) Yeah. So Ocean City is a little interesting because um, in the winter, the entire town population is only about 10,000. Uh, but in the summer, mm-hmm. that spikes all the way up to 100,000 to 150,000. So we have uh-huh. over 10 times as many people coming in. Mm-hmm. And so I worked uh, w- in the IT field when I when I was running my business down there mm-hmm. um, with a lot of realtors. And it was very interesting because realtors during the off-season, mm-hmm. um, very quiet, you know, not demanding. They may have, sure. you know, one or two calls out Um not a big deal, but in the summer mm-hmm. I would get a call that goes, My email's not working, I need you here fifteen minutes ago. I'd believe it, right. Um, and yeah. so there there was never a notion in Ocean City of a software developer. And there was hmm. one guy in town that I knew of that made websites for businesses, but that was it. Like there was no no one was making custom right. apps, right? right that then. was we are an hour from Philly, which was our Philadelphia, our hmm. major city. Um, and so I didn't know anyone who worked as a full-time software developer, and I had never heard the term developer versus engineer, right? Like sure. if you said developer to me, I would have said who, someone who builds houses, you know, yeah. like that yeah. wasn't a concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, when I went to college, I was looking at Northeastern in Boston and SU in, in Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And uh, the decision ultimately came down to Boston was just too big of a city for me. Sure. Um, and when I was on campus, I wanted that on-campus feel you know right. i didn't want to take a step off off campus and feel like i was overwhelmed
0: yeah, that's right.
2: um and so that's why i picked su okay
0: um
2: and and came up here and didn't really start getting involved in the developer community in syracuse until uh after college mm. and so I think what was a really great stepping stone for that was the entrepreneur community at Syracuse in, and in SU, um, and the partnership with the tech garden that uh, the mm-hmm. iSchool had with, with the um, office space um, and the student sandbox was, was a great stepping stone for me because I was self propelled in learning and kind mm-hmm. of. Learning what a developer was and, and becoming one on my own. Um, and then when I left Syracuse and started working at a startup, uh, mm-hmm. being the only developer, that's when I really started getting involved with Open Hack and, and the greater nice. tech community okay. um, and diving in there. So, to take it way back to your question, yes, <laughs> there are a lot of differences in tech between Ocean City and, and Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's. You know, in in Ocean City, it's IT-focused. It's what tech do I use to make my business work. Right. Um, As opposed to um, Syracuse, which, I mean, wherever you go, there's always going to be an IT demand. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But in Syracuse, that's when I first learned what a developer was in the first place and then got involved in, in a community of developers.
0: Awesome.
1: So did you start mentoring while you were still at the iSchool or was it after that you really started getting into?
2: Yeah, so I started, um, I did start mentoring a little bit at the iSchool, but it was mainly working with other entrepreneurs Um, A lot of people had business ideas and went, man, I want to make an app that does X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And I'd come in and go, no, you don't need an (laughs) app.
3: You
2: you don't need to hire a developer. You need to make a WordPress site. And a WordPress site with a form on it is going to do everything that you need to get started. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of the concept of an MVP, a minimum viable product. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think entrepreneurs are big. Uh, big thinkers and future thinkers. Absolutely. Um, and sometimes you need to take a step back and go, all right, you don't even need an app, you don't need a website, you need to open PowerPoint or Keynote mm-hmm. and create links. Sure. Literally draw a box in, in <laughs> PowerPoint. Put whatever you want your, your app to look like mm-hmm. and just create links so when you demo to someone, you can go in presentation mode and yeah. click through and navigate around. Yes. Um, and so that was the mentoring that I, I started doing. And then when I left the iSchool, um, I still had connections up there. And so they started bringing me in as as a monthly consultant, and oh, nice. and so they had um, an attorney that would come in, um, and an accountant that would come in, and these mm-hmm. are people who've you know been in the industry for for twenty years and are charging hundreds of dollars an hour, yeah. um, and wanting to give back to the Syracuse entrepreneurial community, which I think is fantastic. Yeah. It is. Um, and then they would have me come in. <laughs> I'd be like, what makes me qualified to be here? (laughs) And then I'd get an email after I left that would be like, every single student that talked to you said, this is great, and they have a new focus, Mm. and they can, um, and so that's something that's always been jarring to me, is Mm -hmm. that I've only been a professional software developer for, I guess, five years now, right? And I, and that's full time, and I've been writing code for probably 10 years before that, Mm -hmm. but... I went from starter level to senior level developer in a three, three or four year period, which is just wow. crazy for me to think about.
3: Yeah.
2: And on top of that, that's not just skill level and, and managing other developers and providing advice. That's also at a salary level. Nice. And so that's what's so crazy to think about is what other field can you start at an entry-level salary mm-hmm. and make it up to almost six figures in a three-year period?
1: Yeah, I don't think there's too
2: many of those. No. Yeah,
0: there's so much room for growth in the tech field. Yes. That's incredible. Yes. I encourage people to get into it.
2: Yes. That's it's it's. Nice. A- I, I think the uh, whoever I tell about the the women in coding program.
0: Oh, thanks uh, for mentioning it. We appreciate that. Absolutely,
2: um, whoever I tell about it, they're just mm-hmm. amazed and and uh, amazed at the program, and then further surprised that you know there's no cost to the students yeah and I think you hear people complaining about oh my tax dollars and where are my tax dollars going all the time and it's like well there are there are (laughs) glimmers of hope there are programs out there there are great people uh Mm -hmm. like hack up state um who are organizing these programs and thinking about not just the future but you know people's lives and how a program like Careers in Code isn't just going to be an economic benefit for a year or two, but the entire work span of a person. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Like That's something I really appreciate about the Syracuse tech community. I've heard Syracuse described as like a smaller big city, but I am from an incredibly tiny town in central New York. So to me, this is a huge city yes. coming into Syracuse. And like the fact that you can join this tech community and you can still like you there's room for you to make an impact. Yes. And here I think is something that's amazing and something I love. Like... I am super new to the tech community. I've been here like maybe a year-ish and actively involved in the tech community. And now, like, I run a podcast and I'm part of the Women in Coding Leadership Team. And I do stuff with Hack Up State all the time. And, you know, like, there is space for people to come in and keep improving and expanding the community. And that's something I think is
2: awesome. And I think it's super important to combat the, the imposter syndrome. Yes, absolutely. You know, it's, it's like get involved. Put yourself out there because mm-hmm. you're, no one's going to bite back at you, right? No one's right. going to. And it's so easy to look at this and go, "This is it's such a monumental task to become a developer. Yeah. Um, and that's why I really got into the mentorship, right? Is awesome. whoever I noticed who was trying to learn, I try and <laughs> latch on and I'd try and go, look, you're going to get stuck. Yeah. and you're you're going to try and teach yourself something and you're going to get stuck and mm-hmm. it's going to happen and it happened to me it happens to every developer yep. and it's so easy to get frustrated at that point and go all right well I can't learn javascript because this isn't working let me go mm-hmm. try another course or another programming language or mm-hmm. and it's so easy to jump from area to area in programming that you you can't make progress anywhere because you go so far, you get stuck, and then you go, all right, well, it's such a broad area of, of knowledge, I can just sure. pick another one and go that way.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: it's incredibly frustrating for that to happen time and time again. And so what I find is is when I mentor it's often not, you know, here's a super structured class that you can go through and, and you can get through it. It's just yeah. you missed a semicolon on line twenty nine oh, and man. all of a sudden people's <laughs> minds are just yeah. you know yeah. expanded and, and, and they're reinvigorated and they're excited Absolutely. to go through it.
0: Would you like to go from zero to full stack web developer in 24 weeks? Karen and I did. We're graduates of the first cohort of Careers in Code, a coding bootcamp also sponsored by Hack Upstate. Learn HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and more from awesome instructors and incredibly patient TAs. If you're ready to change your career, sign up for the second cohort waitlist at careersincode.org. You can also sign up for the Hack Up State Careers in Code monthly newsletter to receive updates, upcoming events, and job opportunities. That's careersincode.org. Well, speaking of programs that you've mentored, since you kind of already mentioned it, um, I believe the note I have here is spilling the tea on careers in code. Uh, so yep. I did want to ask you a couple of questions about the program. So sure. It's, it's catching up with careers in code. Sure. So how did you get involved um, with this program, and then how did you decide what you were planning to teach? Sure.
2: So we, um, I was a a instructor at a boot camp uh, called Start Fast Code. Okay. And uh, that was a similar boot camp to Women in Code. Uh, in terms mm-hmm. of uh, content and uh, length of program, that was a three- or six-month program.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it was similarly three hours a night, um, four or five days a week, uh, after hours. And the, the notion is, like most boot camps, you know, come in, learn to code. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, we were teaching there. We had um, a couple issues where we just weren't getting the student enrollment. Okay. Um and we, I I personally think a lot of that was to do with the price of of the program. Mm-hmm. Um and so um, that program kind of fizzled out, and um, I have been involved uh, participating in Hack Up State before, and and uh, new Jesse and new Doug, mm-hmm. and they when when they were organizing this program, one of the first places they went is to the previous StartFast code instructors and started sure, that tapping makes sense. that talent. Oh, yeah. um, makes and so I tried to provide as much feedback as I could from what I had learned at, at teaching at that boot camp mm-hmm. um, to Jesse and Doug um, very early on. Nice. Um, and the one of the things that I think is the m- most rewarding about Teaching, other than of course seeing student progress, was that it it was this interesting triangle of of relationships in in Hmm. CIC where you have the instructors, the students, and then the administrative team or or Hack Up State, right? And what was so encouraging was that when we had feedback as an instructor or we heard feedback from the students. Jesse, Doug, Will um, just jumped in immediately and yeah. orchestrated it out and tried to iterate on it as fast as possible. Absolutely. And when you create a program like this, of course, there are, are things that are bound to go wrong, right? <laughs> right. It's trial and error. Trial and error. Mm-hmm. It's the yeah. first time we're doing this. Yeah. Um, but what I saw in, in the feedback iteration loop and, and just implementing things. To work on that feedback, it wasn't, mm. oh, we'll take care of that next cohort. It was, okay, how do we solve this? Yeah. And how do we solve this now? And how do we make sure this doesn't happen in the next cohort? Mm. Um, and that's something that I, I really appreciated.
0: Join us next time when we continue the conversation with Max Matthews.
1: If you would like to follow me on my personal learning curve journey, my website is kethorne.com. Instagram, Karen Thorne, Twitter, K and email, contact at kethorne.com. Also, be on the lookout for JS Web Development LLC as I'm starting my own business. Twitter and Instagram are JS Dev. I'm working on a website that should be up soon, and that's jswebdevelopment.com. And you can always email me at jswebdevelopment at gmail.com.
0: You can keep up with Kelly by following my Instagram and Twitter at this is Kelcore, or visiting my personal site, kel.dev. Together, we are Salt City Code. You can follow along with the podcast at Salt City Code on Instagram and Twitter. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach out to us at saltcitycode at gmail.com.
1: And remember,
2: always,
0: always keep, keep it salty. It salty.